Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, coming to you live from Corner of the Galaxy Studios. I'm your host, Josh Guessman. We have a bunch of stuff to get to tonight as we get ready for the LA Galaxy's Saturday matchup with the Philadelphia Union. That game coming up on Saturday, April 13th, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time kickoff at Disney Health Sports Park. Uh, TV there, Spectrum Sportsnet. So a lot of stuff to get through. The LA Galaxy finalized the signing of Giancarlo Gonzalez. That, of course, will be one of our main leadoff points here. We're also going to talk about some of the stuff Dennis DeClosa has accomplished in his short time with the LA Galaxy. Uh, and then also some a little bit of Galaxy controversy as we look at a U19 Academy coach that has been fired and what that could possibly mean for the LA Galaxy. Uh, injury update as well. And to help me do all of that here in studio with me is the ever-present, always ready to go, Mr. Larry Morgan, not on Twitter. Larry, how's it going, buddy? Good, Josh. Thanks for having me on. I decided to sit still this time. Last time I was on, I did a little bit of air drumming to the theme song. I, I got ripped for it, so I behaved myself no, this time. It's mandatory that any guest who's in here actually has to air drum. So, yeah, oh, there we go. Okay, perfect. Right. Now now we've we've satisfied right. that particular requirement. You were out at training today, so uh, yes, we're going to certainly do that. We also have an observer in here as well, so uh, a, a listener of the show all the way from Memphis, Tennessee, who was originally from here in SoCal, but a big Galaxy fan. Kent is in studio with us as well, so uh, you won't see him, but he's here, and so if you hear any stray laughter from Larry's horrible jokes, it's, it's probably 1984 all over again. It's, Big Brother is in the corner. He's watching, he's paying attention, and he's probably going to feed us information when we get it all wrong. So that's at least that's, what we're, I, that's why I have him here. So uh, that's good. We're glad everybody could be here, of course. Um, and so uh, a lot of stuff going on in Galaxy Land. Actually, I wish this is one of those shows, Larry, I wish I would have started the notes about... I don't know, three or four days ago, whenever, uh, but there wasn't all this information three or four days ago. Uh, Kevin Baxter, of course, broke the story that the LA Galaxy had finalized the signing of Giancarlo Gonzalez, the official signing. It had actually happened, and then I went ahead and broke the news that uh, while they said that he was going to be there on Thursday, he was actually there on Wednesday training off to the side. So Giancarlo Gonzalez was actually at the stadium training off to the side on Wednesday. That is when we got the news that he had officially signed, and then uh, the official announcement comes today. Day on Thursday, Larry was out at training today, so you got to see Giancarlo Gonzalez. Your your impressions of him, Mr. Morgan? He's much taller than I thought he was. I know he has a he's listed at six feet one, one eighty five, and which is about right. I didn't know he was that tall. Now he isn't as as stocky as Polenta is. Polenta is like a fire hydrant, yeah, like a six foot two, six foot one uh, fire hydrant. But uh, Giancarlo is a little bit taller than I expected. And if I can just say one, one aside, his signing comes at a bad time because I talked to Dan Stairs on Tuesday for a notebook. And I asked him how well he'd been playing, and he was pleased with how things have gone. Well, those <laughs> notes have gone in the dumpster. Yeah, they're gone. They're gone. Yeah, that's a, that's unfortunately that's how it goes, Larry. It is unfortunate. And, that's, and, but that's the way pro sports works. And Dan knew it was coming down. I mean, you know, talking yes. to people around the team, this was no surprise that Giancarlo Gonzalez was uh, coming to the LA Galaxy, and it's certainly somebody who Dennis DeClosa had been chasing after for a while. Um, I think Guillermo talked about it and said it took two months in order for it to even happen. So all the negotiations that went on by. Here was the thing, though. On Wednesday. We didn't have any of the details. On Thursday now, we get the details. Because as we have been telling you probably for almost the last two months, it feels like, um, you know, the signing and acquisition of Giancarlo Gonzalez was not just a simple, oh, he wants to play, he gets to come back. He played in Major League Soccer. Um, 2014 with Columbus. That's right. So he was, he was there uh, in 2014 with Columbus. Did that. And then he's coming... 
he goes and gets transferred out for more than $500,000. And the money amount matters. If you transfer for more than $500,000, um, then you then are subject to the allocation list and the allocation ranking. And that's an MLS rule. And again, it's about competition and sort of limiting that competition um, and how it works. So uh, there was a ranking, the ranking out. And we've told you the LA Galaxy were in le 11th spot. You had not a, not a good spot. Not a good spot in the middle of the pack. <laughs> Basically, you were never going to get anything at 11th. Uh, if you're outside of the top four, you're probably not getting anything in throughout the season. Um, so the Galaxy were 11th, so you knew they needed to trade up. Uh, and the two people who were probably in their way closest was Toronto and Orlando. All right. Or Toronto had the number one allocation ranking and Orlando had the number two. Okay. So here's what you have to understand about allocation rankings is that if Larry, you have the number 11 spot and I have the number two spot and you want to trade with me, you wouldn't trade with me. I, I won. I, I maybe you wouldn't. it you depends. Wouldn't. I no, I wouldn't. And you You're would right. drive a hard, hard, hard. It, it could be more than $400,000 in Tam. That's for sure. Um, but you could basically, if we trade anything, you get my spot. That is the rule. It's the, it's not that, Oh, you just get bumped back one spot. No, no, no. If I'm number 11, you're number two or you're number two, I'm number 11, however you want to look at it. If we trade, we have to take each other's spots. So the Galaxy were trying to trade in the top two spots for a reason, okay? In fact, they were trying to trade up as high as they could. So there are two transactions that end up happening here. They're very simple to understand. Just understand that whenever you trade with somebody, you take their spot, and that's what drives the two separate transactions here. The first transaction, uh, it actually ends up being three transactions, now, by the way. You know, yep. all this may sound simple but it's a very involved process it really is it it, it took a while it, it took a while to have this accomplished it, it did and that's one of the reasons that it did is there were three teams involved here basically the galaxy orlando and toronto um toronto holds the number one orlando holds the number two here is the first transaction that happens the la galaxy trade with orlando city for their spot so the la galaxy go from 11 to number two what it costs the la galaxy is exactly what we said it was going to cost four hundred thousand dollars in targeted allocation money but the Galaxy did one even better. They split the $400,000 into two years. Okay, so $300,000 of targeted allocation money in 2019, a year where they have a bunch of targeted allocation money, great, and $100,000 in 2020, Tam. So by splitting it, it actually reduces the overall cost because you're looking at the overall hit that it hits the, the salary cap and what you're able to use. So that is a really... it's. It's $400,000, but it's less than four hundred because you split it up whenever you look at it. It is four hundred total, but because you split it up, it's more valuable to you now than possibly next year, and that makes it a, a, a better sort of take there. Okay, so that's the first transaction. The second transaction is a lot simpler. You go to Toronto, who has the number one allocation spot. Here's what MLS could have done to Toronto. They could have said, Toronto, if you want Giancarlo Gonzalez, sign him. And Toronto could have said, okay, we're going to sign him. And then the Galaxy go, wait a minute. We don't want you to sign him. That could have been one thing that happened. Another thing that could have happened is Toronto says, well, we don't want Giancarlo Gonzalez. And the league goes, well, then we're going to skip you. Because if you don't want him, you've waived it, and you don't want to move your spot, we can skip you. And then they we're just going to give it to the Galaxy. So what probably happened here, <clears throat> because you have to understand, the momentary switch from number two to number one for Toronto was about 30 seconds long. That's how long they held the number two spot, because they're now in the number one spot. Um, <clears throat> the reason that that all happens is, Probably what happened is they said, we'll, we want to sign them unless you give us something. And the Galaxy said, okay, we'll give you a 2020 first round draft pick, which depending on how you value, value the draft is basically worthless. It's not really worth a whole bunch. Uh, the LA Galaxy's first round draft pick uh, from last year was um, Tomas, Tomas Hilliard Arce. Arce. This year it was Emil Cuello. Right, and so you look at those two and so how valuable have those two been to the Galaxy so far? Eh. They both played a little bit, but eh. 
to be determined, right? More Galaxy 2 players good than they are Galaxy good, 1 good players right now. So whenever you look at that, um, it's it's the, what they did for that first to get jump into that number one allocation slot is, is nothing. Is nothing. And so again, you switch spots, right? You have the LA Galaxy at number one. And now Toronto's at number two. The LA Galaxy signs Giancarlo Gonzalez. The LA Galaxy moved back to number 24. Toronto's into number one. That's that's a, literally for 30 seconds of work, Toronto got a 2020 draft pick. So, I mean, that was probably the sticking point. That's probably one of the reasons it took so long is there were two teams involved. So you had to get the move done with Orlando. And you don't want to get the move done with Orlando. These are all coinciding basically at the same time because you don't want to get the move done for Orlando without understanding that you already have a deal with Toronto because you don't want to move up only to be second and not be able to get first because you just wasted time and money if you did it. Now, I have an, kind yes. of an interesting question. Um we were both covering the team when Bruce Arena was head coach and GM. And we were we saw how protective, how secretive he was about injuries, trades, things like that. I just wonder if Bruce was still in charge of this team, would he have released all these details of these trades? Well, they have to. So this is mandatory. Oh, I'm, I'm just curious. I just, because he hates to do things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and and again, the chat room is asking, why didn't the Galaxy just trade with Toronto straight up? Why didn't they just go to Toronto? Because Toronto didn't want to go to 11. That's why. They didn't want to drop because Toronto has said there are three to five players on the allocation list. This is Ali Curtis, the general manager up there at Toronto. Said there are three to five players on the allocation list that Toronto is interested in. Doesn't mean that they're going to sign him, and they may end up trading that spot. Here's another crazy thing. I believe it's half of the money that Toronto would get if they traded the number one allocation slot would have to go to FC Cincinnati. Because whenever FC Cincinnati traded for the, traded away from the number one allocation spot it let Toronto move up, um, they made that deal. Which So somebody goes, so uh, uh, FC Cincinnati people are watching this and going, well, what are, the, what are we going to get for the number one? I was like, do you get half a player? Because it, 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 they didn't, so they didn't move. Yeah. This sounds almost as convoluted as all, as all these player drafts that MLS it's not, has. This is easy, I still contend stuff. MLS has secret player drafts we don't know about. No, you don't. Don't feed into the tinfoil hat conspiracy theories. Tinfoil hat yeah, conspiracy? Yes, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to be one of those pro-rellers here pretty soon. You're going to be pro-rell truther, and I'm going to have to kick you off the show because I can't stand that crap. Uh, all, by the way, just in case anybody ever wanted to know, Josh is all in favor of promotion and relegation as soon as it's able to work in, in the United States. I've seen the second division of, uh, of soccer in, in, in the United States, and it's not ready. It's not ready to be the first division. Um, there's very it's few teams. It's not like England at all. Well, and even in England, teams that go down and get relegated sometimes disappear completely. And people like to pretend that doesn't happen, but it happens. Sure, AFC, well, Wimbledon, Charlton, I mean, all these teams that and were once in a premiership. Watch just the Sunderland story. Sunderland till I die. Heartbreaking. Fantastic series. Uh, uh, heartbreaking, though. Like, I, I knew yes. what was happening. They get relegated once, they get relegated again. Again, it was, and they should have been. This is not, that's that's how that pyramid works, but you look at it and say, anyway, we see, yeah. we, we And that swore. stadium of light is not shining brightly on Sunderland, no, by No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a noose around their neck right now. They're getting killed with all the bad contracts they had, and now they're in League One, you know, and not the even... The third tier, yeah. Yeah, so the third tier of, uh, of soccer. Anyway, that's a different story sure, altogether. Sure. Um, we, we went sideways on Pro Roll, as always happens. Um... So let's talk a little bit about Giancarlo Gonzalez then. Okay, so we got this guy. Uh, you said he's bigger. He was talking to the press today. Uh, the big things that I sort of got from this is that there was interest from the LA Galaxy in 2012 when Bruce Arena was around. What would what, you p get picked up from that? Uh, yeah, I mean, he. I was surprised. Uh, Gonzalez was the one who brought up. He says, it's a, it's a, a true thing. The Galaxy was, was interested in me in 2012. It didn't happen. I left for Europe. But he 
was confident that he would eventually wind up here. Yeah, I, I think it's really, uh, really sort of interesting. I'm going over some of the quotes that you pulled, um, and he talks about the league. Uh, he says, in 2014, I had a quick stint with Columbus, and I was treated very well. I had great experience playing here. I know they have everything I need here to be successful, and I'm 31, and I'm coming to the best club in MLS. I'm here to win a championship. So that's uh, Giancarlo Gonzalez. You know, um, we were talking about it before the show. Did they need Giancarlo Gonzalez? Yeah. I'm not so sure they did. No, but I mean, when somebody of that caliber is available, you get them. Yeah, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what Des Closa has done after this. I want to talk, sure, uh, sure. But, but there is something there that, that sort of shows that they're not done um, and that there's room to, to be still forward, be happy. striker, yeah. forward, striker. Well, and that's where I think most people are going to guess incorrectly. And if just like you just did, you're gonna get you're gonna guess incorrectly because everybody I was leaning in that direction too, and then I read these quotes, and so we'll get to those. So everybody, just sit tight. That's a good little tease. I like it. That was a, that was an impromptu tease, but I, just Dennis DeClosa said some things. It's gonna enlighten you about what their plan is going in the future. Um, so anyway, so we we go through Giancarlo Gonzalez. He never doubted he was coming to the Galaxy. He knows the league has changed a lot since 2014. It's only gotten better. Um, those were some of the takeaways. He's not gonna be ready. At least it's very unlikely he will be able to play on Saturday. And the reason is that he's still waiting paperwork. Now Correct. the paperwork we have Correct. the the ITC, the International Transfer Certificate, and the P1 visa. Now the fact that he's in the United States leads me to believe that the P1 visa is already done because he's here. Otherwise, you usually have to go out out of the country and come back in order to get your P1 visa. So, How do you know all this stuff? Well, because I've been following the galaxy long enough. That's why. Um, yeah, I know all my immigration stuff comes from soccer. That's that's why. I, that's that's literally my, my only sort of view into this uh, into this world a lot of times. The galaxy is, is your life. The soccer is your life. I know too many stupid things but that I shouldn't know because of following soccer and, and looking at all this. So anyway, still waiting for the for that paperwork. It doesn't seem like that paperwork is going to be in in time. Uh, Guillermo Barrascolota was bullish um, on that particular thing. Um, and so he didn't think that was going to happen, and uh, and it seemed like Giancarlo himself was hopeful that it might happen, but wasn't very confident it was going to happen. So it seems like going up against um, Sklodo, Houston, right? Houston yeah. on the 19th, yes. Yeah, yeah yes. Houston on the that 19th. That seems much more viable than playing this weekend. Yeah, so all the changes that we talk about with Dan Steras probably moot this time. Um, so, I, so, so I could probably use those quotes I got from him on Tuesday for you, at least an, at least an, another weekend. That's right. You could you know you could talk into talk to yourself and do the whole thing. Yes, you could. Um, but Dan Stairs looks likely to start. I think that the the other sort of injury update that we had was was Diego Polenta is good to go as well, right? Right. Uh, Scalotto says he's okay, so I expect him to play as well. All right, so you're going to have uh, Polenta back in the lineup. That means Steris is probably back in the lineup. The the back line sort of again comes around. So Dave Romney, even though Dave. This is, I'm just going to say, Dave starts, Dan starts, Galaxy get a shutout. I just, that, I don't. Isn't, what, isn't that amazing? Isn't that funny how yeah. that works? I just, it's one of those things. Um, I am very concerned with the long-term plan in terms of how the LA Galaxy are going about filling these current roster holes and positions. And I'll tell you this, it's mostly around international players. We know that the LA Galaxy acquired two international slots. Each team is given eight per season. You have to go out and acquire other slots as, they, as you need them. Um, and there is a cap meaning that every team gets eight. So if you don't use eight, you can trade away the ones that you don't use, and that's how, but there is an overall cap on international players. I'll tell you this right now. It's unlikely the LA Galaxy will be able to sustain this level of international players for longer than this season because it's harder to get international slots 
um, and they're becoming more expensive. And when you figure that the Galaxy won't have the targeted allocation money the same as they did when they, they sold Aula Kamara, they won't have the same open coffers that they will have next season. There's going to be a limit to how many international players they're going to go out and get. You know, and um, speaking on that issue, there's one player who they might lose at the, at the end of the season, Antuna, a year-long loan from England. He wants to go back to Europe badly. And, yeah. and, it, and if they do lose him, That'll be unfortunate. He's been playing very, very well. well. I will. I hope the Galaxy can find some way to keep him, but he wants to go back to England and play. Well, I, I think right now that the LA Galaxy are convinced that they want him for the next two. That they want him for the next two years. Good after luck. This. I know it's it's difficult. Manchester City loaning. We've talked about that a whole bunch. But anyway, so looking at this, if you just throw out the fact that you have two domestic center backs like Dave Romney and like Dan Stares, who have performed almost any time that they've been asked. I know there are people who, who don't love them together as a pairing. Um, they almost saved the season last year, the they last almost, five games. They, they, they came that close to uh, putting them in the playoffs. And if they would have started sooner, maybe it would have it would have been better. So, I mean, there's, there's all that stuff. I just... One of the places America is really good at developing talent is a goalkeeper and defender. And so if you have domestic defenders, you should use them so that way you could use international slots in other places. However, saying that, I'm actually a believer in Diego Polenta. I really believe that he's going to be good. I believe that the issues and mistakes he's had so far are just rust from not playing for the last six months. Um, I think that he seems to have the confidence and the ability to, to work the game and be able to play the game. And then you look at Giancarlo Gonzalez at 31 years old. It is very interesting that they went out and they wanted this guy so badly. Um, well, I think part, part of, of the reason is, is Scalotto is familiar with these players. And... Tocosa is familiar with these players, and actually, when you have a new coaching staff come in, new management come in, they're they're going to gravitate toward players they know about and they're familiar with. And obviously, these two guys probably didn't know a hell of a lot about Steris and Romney, right? Despite them playing very very well, but but these but the new coach and new GM are going to want players that that they've seen play in the past and they know all, all, all about them. And who can blame them? No, no, I, I don't blame them at all. And, and it's also a matter of that they want their guys and they want their system. And that, you know, Guillermo Barrascoleto wants to move into this 4-3-3. You can see it. Um, and so you can certainly look and, and see how that goes and say, okay, um, you can see where that 4-3-3 is sort of going to manifest itself, right? And so um, they're, they're getting those players for that system now. They're building that. They may not. It may not fit perfect this year because of Zlatan and sort of his position. But I mean, the Galaxy's still p kind of playing a four-three-three even when Zlatan's up there. So you look at all this. They're going to get guys that play in their system. And if the guys in the Galaxy right now do not play in that system, they're going to get different guys. And so bringing in Giancarlo Gonzalez is the fact that they want a six-foot-one um, technical ability uh, center back who's able to distribute from the back and play well. And this is a uh, you know a national team World Cup guy. This is a Very guy who, who has that 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 caliber and for the next two or three years he's going to be good for the LA Galaxy I mean and, that's that's the idea behind this and his stock rose dramatically at the World Cup in Brazil for Costa Rica yeah dramatically well yeah and he went and got sold for millions of dollars in in Europe and, and played at uh, at Bologna and Palermo right um, where he first became familiar with Scalotto. That's right. That was back in 2016. Yeah, 2016. Um, so there's some there's some knowledge. There's some history. There's all this stuff. Um, the questions that I sort of got that, that I've seen about, you know, Gonzalez was one, did you need him? And I'll tell you, uh, Larry, you had the best line before we did it, which was basically you said... Um, when a guy like his, his his talent is available and wants to come and you, you have the deal make you, you, you get, get it done. Yeah, um, it's like you 
you can't have too many of the best players at one position. And, and Guillermo seems to indicate that he thinks that Gonzalez will be able to teach Romney and teach um, Steres and Hilliard RSA about how to play that position and that, that can only be beneficial for them. Um, I think there's going to be some hard feelings, especially if you're Dan Steres. Uh, let's see, you scored two goals. Um, you've basically been the best defender the LA Galaxy have had so far. Except through, for that one play against yeah, Minnesota United. So through five games. He was still the best so, defender yes, in that was. game, by yes, the way, even though he made the mistake. Um, so he, he did all this stuff. He's doing everything you asked him to do. He's going to the bench. Maybe. Maybe he's going to the bench because Josh has this crazy idea that perhaps he would skip the bench altogether because if you're looking for somebody who can fill in a whole bunch of positions, it's Dave Romney. And then you look at the one position Dave Romney doesn't play. It's not center back. It's right back. It's right back. And so you need a right back to be the second defender on the bench, which is usually uh, Julian Gonzalez. And so you uh, did I say that? Is no. it is not Gonzalez. It's uh, Julian. Um, oh. No. Abrajo. Abrajo. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> It's it's been a long week so yep. far. It's been a long week. Um, but anyway, no, Araujo's there. Uh, too many. I was already on the Gonzalez train. It was going to go there. So anyway, so you have Araujo. And in not there. Omar either. No, no. So um, so you go through the whole thing and you understand that you know maybe there's not a place which is has led people to believe that Dan Stairs might be traded, which could be the case. I and hope they don't. Well, I, I would hope that they don't either. I like Dan. I think he's a good player. Maybe but too. look at the value you could get for him right now. Are you telling me there's not a, not a team out there that couldn't use a domestic center back to start for them right now? Quite true. Right? And isn't that when that might be a better opportunity for Dan? Dan might be hoping that he's getting traded um, because he's a starter it, and he's not going to be a starter. I wonder if his agent might put in that request. You don't, you don't know. So don't know. Um, anyway, so that's, that's sort of where it goes and, and that's what it is. Um, I think that he says his family's in Costa Rica right now and hopefully they'll join him soon. So that's good. It's nice to get a player settled with his family in there. Um, so, I mean, that's really where we sit with the Gonzalez deal. I think it was a good deal. I think that Gonzalez is going to be a good player. Uh, he was already playing in Bologna, in, in Serie A, and he wasn't playing a lot, um, but it was happening. And so he was getting time. So he's ready to come in. Um, it's just a matter of time to figure out once he gets his paperwork and get in. So again, the Houston game seems more likely than this game coming up on Saturday against Philadelphia. Yeah, he's definitely fifth. He's like Joe. He's like Joe uh, Corona. He can just step right in and play. I mean, both both players are fit and they're raring to go. Yeah, it seems that and way. And Joe has been tremendous since he joined us. Yeah, club. yeah, it seems that way. So uh, I'm looking forward to that, and and I think it'll be fun to see uh, Gonzalez and how he sort of mixes into it. So now let's transition. Let's talk a little bit about Dennis Teclosa because this is a guy now. Let's just recap just real quickly about what he has done so far. He has come in to a situation in which he was saddled with absolutely no cap space. Uh, he had a bunch of re-signed players that had been re-signed before he even got there. Remember, the Galaxy were re-signing players before... Teclosa was officially announced. Now, whether or not he had a hand in that would be sort of interesting to know. But And th- a few of them he called, quote, bad contracts, unquote. Yeah, and, and so and they are. Some of them are ba- bad contracts. Some of the contracts are, you know, weren't even, they're bad contracts now. I mean, Shelvick's contract is a bad contract. We know that. Um, so that's one that disappears at the end of next year, at the end of this year, though. So that should go away. Um, but this is what he's done so far in that short amount of time. Uh, he got rid of Giovanni Del Santos. Uh, which basically cost the Galley Galaxy probably had to pay six or six and a half million dollars in order to do, but it freed up a ton of options for them. Then Ola Kamara gets traded over to China. The amount of money that came back in then allowed the LA Galaxy to go out and make moves. Now, not all of these are related to those two moves, but he's brought in Antuna, who has been a 
you know, somewhat of a superstar for the Galaxy so far through the first five games. I've really liked his play. Uh, I love the fact that he's 21. Um, and so all those things are really working for him. I really like that. Uh, you have He brought in Polenta, who, I, again, I am a believer in and think he'll do fine. Joe Corona, who has made the LA Galaxy midfield one of the most difficult midfields in Major League Soccer right now. Um, you had He brought in Giancarlo Gonzalez. He brought in Juninho. Um, all of these things he was able to do since he got here. He has done a magnificent job of freeing up space and making these moves. I mean, if you give this guy a, a grade for the, with the job he's done with his team so far, A+. plus. I mean, not an A, not an A-, minus, A+. Plus. Yeah. No question about it. I, I mean, the, the only question... I, am, I have been stunned by the moves that you just mentioned he's been able to make. I, the only question that sort of pops in I, my I mind... Because I thought this team was hamstrung as far as the budget bit. And it was. That, let's not be... That's not lie. Yeah. It was hamstrung, and we talked about it a bunch, Larry. Um, that there was no room to do anything and that he was going to have to figure out. Well, he cleared up the room. He found room. Well, Olo Kamara and Giovanni Dos Santos. Have the, have the podcast reserves been used as far as... No, we haven't, ta- they, we haven't okay. tapped into okay. the, the COG. I was just curious. Just remember, this operation runs firmly in the red, Larry. Firmly in the red. But happily. But happily firmly in the red. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that was... that was that, These are the, the, the deals that Teclosa has made, okay? He has done a great job. Does he have more work to do? Absolutely. Still has... There are some bad contracts that he needs. I mean, I mean, Perry Kitchen, Jorgen Shelvick are, are the two that pop out in my mind right now. Perry Kitchen's making a lot of money. Um, and unfortunately, he's a bench player right now. So that doesn't make much sense. When you can get Carrasco to come off the bench, and he's making, as Josh goes to his 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 list right here, uh, he's making $67,500, uh, at least in 2018 numbers. And Perry is making, let's see, 400, here, $475,000. In 2018 numbers. We don't know what 2019 is. Um, we'll see that uh, soon enough. I would accept that. Yeah, so that's that's where you're seeing this stuff, and and so it it makes sense that he's going to be able to do more as it comes down. He's got to work on those bad contracts. He's got academy stuff that he has to deal with. Remember, there's no director of the LA Galaxy Academy. Hasn't been for two years. Okay, for a team that prides itself on academy, it's ludicrous that there's no academy director right now, um, and it's hurt the LA Galaxy, which is our, our sort of our next thing we're going to go to as well. But Dennis DeClosa, and by the way, as much criticism as we've given him. We have to give Chris Klein props for hiring Dennis DeClosa. No we question. have to get Dennis DeClosa and Chris Klein props for getting Guillermo Barrescoloto. However it happened, whether they were ready to pull the trigger on Caleb Porter or not, and Caleb Porter walked away, if that, if, even if that happened, it didn't happen. They did not sign, and Guillermo Barrescoloto, Gustavo's come in, um, you know, Javier Valdecantos. It's, it's, bottom line is the LA Galaxy have an A-plus coaching staff, and right now, from everything we've seen, an A-plus general manager. Well, also, you have to give Chris Klein props for giving Dennis the keys to the kingdom and to run the ship the way he wants to run it. But and obviously, he's running it quite well right now. This is this is my only argument against that. I agree. And by the way, I love it when you say props for whatever reason. It makes me laugh. Well, um, you just used the word. I, I, yeah. <laughs> it's more in my wheelhouse. It's, it might be outside the Larry Morgan oh, okay. wheelhouse. Kudos. Kudos. There. See, that's much better. That's, that's, okay. Larry, that's Larry Morgan dot on Twitter there. The props sounds like you were trying to copy some... Young guy. But anyway, no. It just sounded nice. The, it just sounds nice. It's a nice word. Chris Klein had to had to make that decision uh, because otherwise it was his job on the line if he failed again. And so in this case, by turning it over to to um, Dennis DeClosa, he has moved his, his, his way away from the fire. It's now, if anything happens, it's not... It's Dennis's fault. It's Dennis's fault. It's not Chris Klein's fault. All right? So there is something... For there is something to be said that he he needed to do it, but also that he has stuck with it 
We have not heard of the meddling. We have not heard of getting in between and killing deals. We have not heard of making promises and not coming through on them because that happened throughout the time with Kurt Anolfo and that happened without the time with the late, great Ziggy Schmidt. So all of those things happened and we know they happened. Some real infighting yes. ha- happened during that time. No Absolutely. question about that. And so we know. So now that the fact that there's not... Um, we're, we're, we're better. I, I think I think that everybody sees the LA Galaxy are in a better position, um, that the press are in a better position to be able to evaluate this team now because for a while there, it was just, you know, we had to cover the behind-the-scenes stuff more than the stuff that was happening. So we're able to see where everything sort of lies and where all the chips lie. And Dennis is, is forthcoming with a lot of this stuff. It was pretty ugly for a while, but now just, just, the, just the overall atmosphere around the team is so much more positive. All right. Uh, let's get to some quotes from Dennis. And we said we were going to give you sort of an idea of where Dennis was going and where he was headed and who was sort of next on the LA Galaxy shopping list. Uh, the Panda himself got to talk to Dennis DeClosa and uh, Kevin said that we could use these quotes. And uh, Panda was under the weather today. Yeah, I know. He wasn't feeling well. Um, so he said we could use these quotes, which is good, um, which Thanks. is great for us. Thanks, this, Panda. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Thank you for that because it's going in an article and probably not all of these will go in the article. So we'll try to pick out some good ones that, uh, that probably will be in the article, maybe some that won't. Here it is. Now, uh, I noticed that you go over his quotes, but not my quotes. I've read, already read your co- quotes. Okay. We already got right. some of them. Right. Everybody, all, all, all three of them? You, you don't have to be jealous. It's okay. You're you're here tonight. You're fine. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, Kevin was asking about the long process and how it took two months. Uh, Dennis goes, we still have some room right off the bat. Let's just pause. Where, did, where does he find this room? We still have, we still have some room. The fact is that the LA galaxy, after making all these moves, still have room. The fact is the LA Galaxy will be going after more players. Now, whether that happens now or summer, we can get into. But he starts again. We still have some room. It's the last phase of the transfer window, so we're basically evaluating if it makes sense to do it now or hold off a little bit. But we have a few options scouted and looking at what is the best interest of the team. Uh, Kevin asks, well, are you going after a striker? He goes, that's fair. With how this league works and the long season we're heading into, it does it does make sense that it, it's somebody that can play multiple positions. Again, we're not looking at somebody who can play striker because if you come in and get somebody who can just play striker, you're telling that guy you're sitting on the bench behind Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But if you get a guy who can play multiple positions, you're telling this person, we can put you in the midfield or we can put you up at the striker. We need both of those and you can back up Zlatan. And if he gets hurt, then you'll start at striker. And if not, then we're going to find you minutes in the midfield. You can split minutes between the midfield and the striker a lot better than you can just at striking position. But who are the candidates? That's what I'm interested Like he's going to come out and tell you. Why not? Well, it's not happening. I do have some, we will go over rumors. So not that anybody's going to be real happy with I mean, he talks about everything else. Why not the candidates? I mean, come on. Apparently not. Um, Kevin asks, why wait? Why do you wait till the summer? He goes, it depends more on the teams where the player is currently playing. They obviously are still in season. Ooh, Ooh. more interesting Ooh. stuff. So you have somebody who is definitely outside of Major League Soccer because their season is... Uh, you're looking at, at, at you know the, the main FIFA calendar, which sort of runs um, until, I think, June um, and then cuts off. And so that's what you're looking at is that, you know, a summer transfer. That's that's what that's what Dennis DeClose is trying to tell you here is that it looks like it's going to be a summer transfer, which is something that we had looked at. Um, so in the meantime, we're just going to try to make do with what they have, well, which and, isn't bad. And so so uh, they're actually there. There is something about that. Let me see. Um, da, 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 da. I'm going to see if I can find it. Uh, no, probably not. He but Kevin asked him about, well, are you going to go to Latin America? Because remember that Kevin asked that question once and that, you know, he sort of got 
got got got beat up on because of this. So he said, well, are you going to Latin America? And he goes, I don't know, maybe. I would say that we're open to everything. In this last stretch, in the last stretch, uh, stretch of the Mexican Federation, I dealt with a lot of people from all over the world. I do have very good contacts in Europe, and I'd like to take advantage of it. Also, it's not a thing that needs to be from Latin America, not even close. We just need good players. Ooh. But we also know that the guys who they're really looking at is are guys from Latin America, and that's where they've been focusing. Now, could they go to Europe? Absolutely, but it certainly opens up our our window there. And with this last person, you might you might see somebody come from Europe. So don't be surprised. It's just a general rule that we would think that Guillermo and Dennis would be more focused on the Latin American players because it's what they know. Correct. And and you already talked about that earlier. It's what they know. Um, I'm trying to see, think if there's anything else that we want to get to. I think that's about it. There's a whole bunch of other... Oh, there's a blueprint, okay? There is a blueprint out there that Dennis is working. And uh, when Kevin asks about the blueprint, he says, it takes time. We know where we want to go. In the meantime, you have to work in the best possible form of what you have. The players that we bring in, they're not just short-term solutions. We obviously want to win against Philadelphia, which is a very difficult game. But the things that we do on the team and on the club and everything goes beyond this Saturday's game. Um, so that's what, that's what they're talking. They have a, they have a plan. They are working to a roadmap. Guess who also had a plan? Siggy Schmidt had a plan. All right. So that's that just understand. And tragically he wasn't able to really. Well, I mean, that didn't even, it, it's not like, it's, it's not really like shame. he died in office and wasn't true, able, he got true. fired from, from, right. the, from that plan right. and wasn't problems, able to yeah. do it. And then, and then the health problems took over. So, um, but that's, that's what it is. So again, you look at Dennis DeCloso, you look at what they're doing. Are they bringing in another striker? Seems unlikely. It's just a striker. So it's just, it's a midfielder and a striker. Um, it's somebody who can play both positions because they need the flexibility there to be able to do that. They have a roadmap. They have a plan. All this stuff is pointing that way. That is Great quotes from from the panda there, and uh, a really nice conversation with Dennis DeClose, and I'm glad that we got to bring it to you. Well right. done, panda. Well done. There you go. Um, now let's go on to a little bit of controversy because controversy is fun. Um, and you and love controversy. This is interesting. This one, this one, the little hairs on the back of my neck stand up whenever you start reading about this. Uh, Sam Steschel came out with a report from MLSsoccer.com. Now I want to tell you something about Sam and how Sam operates. Sam is a freelance writer. He is a freelance writer, which means that he is an independent writer and he can write for whoever he wants. And the people who are paying him right now happen to be Major League Soccer. Okay, so just understand that. Um, is there some bias in any of this? Maybe. But to be honest with you, this seems like a pretty in-depth report, something that I'm reading and making notes on. It is something that is very well researched, and Sam nails this, so you need to pay attention. But the LA Galaxy parted ways with U19 Academy coach Brian Kleban. All right, this is Sam Steschgold saying that. Now, the LA Galaxy confirmed to uh, Sam that they did fire uh, Brian Kleban. Now, here is where you should know Brian from. Uh, Brian was a former Chivas USA Academy coach who brought over all of the guys that you know of, um, including Efrain Alvarez, whenever he was with the Chivas USA Academy, uh, Alex Mendez, and Yulianez brought all those guys from the Chivas USA Academy over to the LA Galaxy Academy when Chivas USA folded and went away. The Galaxy rightfully jumped in and got Brian because he is one of the top academy coaches in the United States, certainly within Southern California, but they fired him. The thing you have to know about Brian Kleban is that he has a brother whose name is Gary Kleban. Um, and if you've ever seen Gary, Gary is an outspoken proponent of promotion and relegation. Um, you know, is, is always jumps on that horse. Doesn't from what I can tell, and this is just my observation of him and I'm sure he'll tell me that I'm full of it. Um, no. doesn't, doesn't like major league soccer has never liked major league soccer. Doesn't like the pyramid scheme within major league soccer and thinks 
that usually his clients and he's an agent, his clients um, will do better outside of Major League Soccer. So this, sounds, had, this sounds like agent speak. And, and it, hey, whatever it is, it's it's the the basic thing that happened here is that you have to understand that uh, that Yanez and Mendez were both really talked about prospects for the LA Galaxy second both of them second to Efrain Alvarez and close seconds I mean these two guys are amazing and the LA Galaxy wanted to do everything they could to keep them Dennis DeClosa came in after Giannis and Mendez basically had decided to already go and tried to repair that relationship uh, the big deal here is that the LA Galaxy apparently um, showed or, or apparently offered really good MLS contracts that's what we were told um, that they were going to sign these guys that they wanted to sign these guys and that they did not um, end up signing them. And both of these guys ended up going to Germany. Again, their agent is Gary Kleben, who is the is the brother of Brian Kleben. Okay, so there seems to Do be... Do they look alike? I hope I, they don't look alike I, as much as the uh, Scalotto brothers. No, I, I would hope. One has, I'm sure one has relaxed hair and one has more structured hair. That's how we can tell the difference. Um, here's the thing that we get into, and there certainly is a hint at all of this when you're looking at it. Um... Dennis DeClosa was asked by Sam, and this was before they found out that uh, Kleban had been fired. Um, but he asked him and said, you know, was there any chance that, that Yanez and Mendez would ever come back to the LA Galaxy? Uh, both of those guys are able, eligible to re represent both Mexico and the U.S. Um, so uh, DeClosa said, maybe. Maybe the players are, but that their agent hasn't been. All right, so now you know, now you can see there's some Dennis DeClosa and some Gary Kleban there's some there's some friction there that isn't working. Um, so definite that, bickering back and forth. So the fact that Brian gets fired certainly says that that there seems to be a link between him and his brother. Okay, now um, here let's go more to, to close his notes and or, or quotes um, from the article. He says, "I'm talking about Mendez and talking about um, Yanez." He says they're very good players, very very good players with bright futures. When I first got here, I didn't know what really happened, and he's referring to the fact that they got released and that they were gone. So the first thing I tried to do was get my head around it, organize it. I've always openly expressed my interest to them. If they want to be here, then I think they would be in a situation that they could compete for a first team spot instead of being on a youth team. I think hopefully our project and everything that we do will prepare them for maybe the next step instead of taking the next step already. Now, obviously, with the decisions being taken, maybe things happened before I got here. I don't know what the decision-making process was and exactly how it ended up, but there was no... But that... that He says it, but that was not fair. I think willingness... Um, I think... I think willingness to come back. Maybe they want to take their time and I'm very respectful to their decision. I don't want to make too big, too big of issue of it. Um, they're two very good players, so we'll hear from them in the future for sure. Um, okay. He wants them back. He seems like that Gary didn't want them to come back. Now Brian has been fired and there's certainly an implication that Brian was not working in the best interest of the LA galaxy. That is an, that is a, an assumption on my part, reading what I've seen and uh, trying to understand the friction on this. Here we go. Once again, with all of this sort of infer inference and reading into this, and this is how I, I sort of see it is that. Larry, I'll ask you this question. If you're Dennis DeClosa with these young players, it's fair to say that your biggest goal is to develop players for the LA Galaxy. Yes. That is what your job is. Yes. So it's not necessarily... And to keep them. Not only just develop them, but keep them. To keep them, right? So, so that, is the, that is the job. And it's his job to make that happen. Um, his best interest is for the club, not necessarily the player, because I'm going to go to this one. Then you go to Gary, the agent, Gary Kleban, the agent. His best interest is the clients. 
right? So it's the players. I think we can all agree that that's how that works. So then you go to Brian, who is the coach, the U19 Academy coach. What was Brian's best interest? If he's working for the LA Galaxy, his best interest is to develop those players for the LA Galaxy, right? Well, was he developing those players for the LA Galaxy or was he developing those players for Gary to sell them to Germany? All right. And that's where this can sort of come in and be an, a slippery slope. What's the word? Uh, very interesting conundrum. Conundrum. Whatever, yes. Yes. Whatever that word is. Yeah. I, so it, here's the problem I have with, with making that assumption and saying that Brian Kleban is one of the best academy coaches in the United States. If he was operating this way the entire time, then there should have been more red flags than this. All right. I always believe that he was doing the best job that he could. And the Academy teams in that U19 are very good teams for the LA Galaxy. So you can't say he's not developing. But again, what's where did his best... As a coach, sometimes you do stuff for the best interest of the player. Sometimes you do stuff for the best interest. It's a slippery slope that sits there. And it could be more of scandal than really we realize if it is true that Brian was indeed just not worried about the LA Galaxy. It wasn't... It's his job to be an advocate for the LA Galaxy and get those players. That sure. was his job. So that's, he, that's the bottom line is you don't work for the players. You work for your employer and your employer is the LA Galaxy. And so if Dennis DeClosa thought that Brian was not working in the best interest of the LA Galaxy, then he had every right to get rid of him. I every agree. right. So that's, we don't know. We don't know where everything is. We don't understand how it works. We know what we saw and we know that Mendez and Yanez are no longer with the LA Galaxy that they got sent, that they got nothing for him. And, and DeClosa makes a huge deal about the fact that you can't have these top prospects and get nothing for them. And Brian, if you're tuning into the show, please call us and let us know the real story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm here. I'm here all the time. I'm wrong all the time. I'm just trying to connect some dots. Um, so it's it certainly, uh, the, uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything else that, that really, we talked about the galaxy, not having an academy director and that's just, that's shameful and that needs to be corrected by DeClosa. But anyway, I, 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 I implore you to go to MLSsoccer.com to find this Sam Sheshkal article because I think it's super interesting and there's tons of um, really interesting quotes and all these things. And, and this is, it's time that these guys get developed and that there's value for the LA Galaxy because otherwise the Galaxy spent, and Toclosa mentions this, he's, they spent so much money on their development and they got zero. And Toclosa thinks that's not fair. All right. I don't blame him for feeling that he, way. He's like, they don't even give me a thank you, and they just leave? He goes, that's not fair. We developed them with a lot of money. Now, part of that is the problem of the, in the United States that you can't sign contracts before you're 18 because of child labor laws, which needs to go. Some, I, I fully am in, 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 char, I am in favor of child labor laws. That's not the point. This is different than that. These kids are playing a game, and they can be professionals at ages 16. Um, well, I think part of the problem, too, is with these young, young players. If you had a choice of furthering your career in the States or overseas, specifically in, in Europe, there's no question where they're going to go. Yeah, but th there is, though, because they're both there. Now they're I, I, with, the, with uh, Wolfsburg and, and Freiburg, I believe. Um, I, I, can't, I can't remember off the top Just of my head. But two, anyway, two in, German, in German clubs. But they're both playing with the youth teams right now. They're not playing with the senior teams. They're not playing with the you know the reserve teams. They're playing with the youth case, teams. In that case, then, yes, yeah, really, you have to question why. And that's that why case. Dennis is sitting here going, if he they would have stayed they'd be looking at a senior roster spots instead of playing on youth teams. So that's, again, more to that story. I'm sure we'll hear more. Hopefully we'll hear more. I don't want this just again, to die Brian, and go away. Again, Brian, if you're tuning in, please let us know. Yeah, call Larry on, on his cell phone. It's it's always fun. <laughs> just to reach me on Twitter. That, yeah, you won't. We won't find him, that's for sure. Uh, let's go to the rumors. Uh, there are none. 
I, and I wanted to get to that and make sure that everybody knew there are no rumors for the LA Galaxy. I know everybody's looking at a striker or they're looking at a uh, at a midfielder. I'll tell you right now, there are no plausible rumors that we are seeing out there right now that we think are anything. I do have something, though, that has been rumored for a long time, and I'd like to get some clarification on it. Uh, Dario Benedetto, who is with Boca Juniors, has been listed many times and linked with the LA Galaxy many times. One for having played um, even before Guillermo Berescalotto came. Yeah, Boca Juniors. Sure. He was being linked with the LA Galaxy. Um, and then whenever Guillermo came, being the former coach from, from Boca Juniors, you expected that maybe Dario might be coming up. Here is a report that came out today. It says that Roma are looking at Boca Juniors forward Dario Benedetto as a potential replacement for Eden Dzeko, should the Bosnian international leave in the summer, according to Goal Italia. Uh, the report adds that Benedetto has a release clause set at 21 million pounds, but a bid of 15 million pounds for the 29-year-old is likely to be accepted. Um, so, 15 million pounds so there you go there's your there's your fun one um if you thought that you were you were interested in 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 dario benedetto you're gonna have to pony up some serious cash uh certainly not a tam player as as the galaxy would have to be bringing in uh they'd have to pay a ton of money so i think the the dario benedetto one at least for now seems and i think he just re-signed a new contract in there so that's why they're talking about the release clause in that so he just signed a new contract this release clause was in there um and put that way and so now you can sort of see where it is um, but that was a striker that was looking at. Um, and I hope we hear the last of that rumor because I'm tired of hearing that guy's name being tossed around with the LA Galaxy. Hey, you remember? remember Almost I, every week you hear this guy, oh, he's coming through the Galaxy, the Galaxy are pursuing him. Come on. I remember another rumor like that about Zlatan Ibrahimovic. All right, so I'll just... I'll about just, David Beckham, uh, too. David Beckham coming as well. Um, some of those some of those do happen, Larry. You know, even though we get sick of hearing their names, Pato could eventually come from Sao Paulo in Brazil and come back. I mean, you don't know. He's, he's more than welcome anytime. As you know, the Pato and Patro show would immediately start. Um, so that's it. Those are the only ones. Um, I think uh, Centurion is another guy who they have been mentioned out of Boca Juniors. He is a project player. Um, and I say he's a project player because he's had some domestic violence stuff and all sorts of stuff. So it's not exactly red it, flags, red, red flags. flags all over the place. And so but Guillermo likes a project. Guillermo likes a project. And Guillermo strikes me as the kind of guy who won't take crap from anybody. Ye particularly players. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to cross him. He looks no. nasty. And then plus, they could do that whole thing where Guillermo and Gustavo like show up and like like disappear and reappear in like different doorways, and it freaks you out. That freaked me out. Um, and you don't know which one's which or where they're going. And then Javier Valdecanto shows up. I've had some nasty dreams lately. It's all that green chili I had in New Mexico when I was there. Uh, yeah, if you listen to the Monday night show, uh, that was from the from the hotel room in in. in in Santa Ana Pueblo, New Mexico is where I was, which is about 30 minutes north of Albuquerque. Um, just a little heads up one there. One, it's right next to the Rio Grande River, which I got to see, which was cool. I was like, wow, didn't know an 1,800-mile river was going to be right there. So I, was, I walked next to it and, and saw it. And two, it is at 5,300 feet. Um, so if you're partaking in any adult beverages, you should probably imbibe responsibly because you can get drunk really fast. Just letting you a heads up. No. I think um, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, very good. Uh, so that's sort of where we sit with the rumors, um, where we have the thing. The other thing, and it's sort of an afterthought, or, or not so much an afterthought, but it's just something that popped up. And uh, we had somebody from AYSO who apparently listens to our podcast all the time. So, uh, Carlos, we appreciate you uh, reaching out to us. But uh, he is with the National AYSO office. Uh, AYSO has renamed the Open Cup to honor legendary coach Siggy Schmidt. The American Youth Soccer Organization is pleased to announce that it will rename its annual AYSO Open Cup, the Siggy Schmidt. Schmidt AYSO Open Cup in honor of his contributions to AYSO, the sport of soccer and beyond. Siggy Schmidt, who recently passed away in December 2018, will be honored at the Siggy Schmidt AYSO Open Cup June 22nd and June 23rd at our 
new location, Galway Downs in Temecula, California. So I thought that was really um, a, a cool thing. Obviously, we know that Siggy Schmidt was on the first ever AYSO team, which is one of those. That's that's like back in the day. That's a, that's some old school stuff right there. You know, it's just amazing. The we we talked about this before. The amount of tributes that continue to pour in for this guy after his tragic passing last Christmas. It's almost as if people were afraid to tell him how much they admired him. And we talked about it. He, he was an old school guy. But it's just, it's tremendous. Yeah, it is. Just, and the, it, just the respect he continues to earn. And it continue, and it's continuing now. And, and listen, there's always that sort of, and I'm not going to say that this is, but, it, you know, whitewashing of somebody's career whenever, you know, they have uh, they've passed away. There's always, you find the good and there's never the bad. The bottom line is that up to a certain part of time, Siggy Schmidt was sort of an old school guy who wasn't getting results anymore in Major League Soccer, and there were lots of people who wanted them fired. Um, certainly his health reasons uh, in, in 2018 didn't help the LA Galaxy. Um, and then, you know, his, his tragic passing there <clears throat> in December is, is you know, crazy um, and all that stuff. But I think we can then go back and look at the look at the guy and understand what a huge impact he had on the game. And I think understanding that and being able to be retrospective about his career, um, something we probably should have done a lot more um, interesting yeah, or we should have done a lot more while he was live. He we, did, we didn't. He did so much for the game, not only in this league but in this country. And people are just—well, not everybody—but there are, but there continue to be people who are just coming to grips with that fact that what he meant for the growth of the sport in this country. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. All right, uh, let's get on now to the LA Galaxy's game against the Philadelphia Union, and let's make sure we do that. Um, the LA Galaxy face off against Philadelphia on Saturday, April 13th, 2019, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, at this Dignity Health Sports Park. Say, say that fast five times. Dignity Health Sports Park. 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 That's not bad. You're slurring a little bit, but that's not bad. Yeah, but that's because I'm still still getting off that, that, that New Mexico high that I was there on. That's for sure. Uh, okay, Spectrum Sports, and that's where you can find it on television. Uh, the LA Galaxy... Um, we are coming into this winners of three straight. It's a dangerous, um, it's a dangerous game, Josh. It is, it's and a dangerous game. And if you look at uh, Philadelphia, they've won three in a row. They lost two of their first three. They're unbeaten in four, but now have won three in a row as well. Um, the LA Galaxy won four of their last five and three in a row. So you're looking at two teams. Now, here's the, here's sort of the difference. The LA Galaxy, third in the Western Conference right now. Uh, they have 12 points through five games. You look at Philadelphia, who has 10 points through six games. They're fourth in the Eastern Conference and ninth in the Supporters' Shield. The LA Galaxy, fourth in the Supporters' Shield. So overall on the table, looking at the LA Galaxy above um, the Philadelphia Union, and that's after Philadelphia. Um, that's after Philadelphia has one more game. Um, so the Galaxy have a game in hand on Philadelphia. So it's five games versus six games. Uh, you're looking at the last win for the LA Galaxy came on April 5th at Vancouver just last Friday. Um, the last win for Philadelphia, 4-6 versus Dallas, a 2-1 win. This is a game that was all sorts of nasty on Saturday. Uh, should have been a red card to Matt Hedges, who's not one of my one favorite of people. One your favorite players. No, I don't like him at all. Matt Hedges had a kick out that was ridiculous and how pro missed it is only everybody's getting It's on the video. You can see it. It's not even hard to see. Anyway, they didn't even pick it up in the disciplinary committee. They missed it. Not only they missed it on VAR and they missed it on the disco. Anyway, 
Now, if you had to choose between disliking two players, Matt Hedges or Nat Borgers, who's worse? Not, Come on. Nat Borgers is worse, and I don't like Nat Borgers. And he broke Jack McBean's collarbone and ruined his career. That's that's bottom line. Okay. And he's a dirty player. Just wanted to, just just, wanted to, just letting you know. He's, Nat Borgers, to clear it up. Nat Borgers is a dirty player and was never... In the same... like Whenever Nigel DeYoung was with the LA Galaxy, Nat Borgers was out there and almost killed Giassi's artist. And everybody... Oh, it's fine. Let the big bearded lumberjack dude do whatever he wants back there. Oh, anyway, yeah, I don't like Nat Fortress. Just I take it headway. it's it's a it's a sore spot with with you. Uh, it's one of the things. Either either one of those two names is a sore spot. Those they're both pet peeves, and yeah, Matt Hedges is a dirty player too, um, and you saw it. Uh, so there's there's dirty players out there, and people are just you know they're like, oh yeah, it's not a big deal. Except when Nigel DeYoung does it, it's a seven game suspension. Whenever you know Nat Borchers or Matt Hedges does it, they don't. Even, well, we didn't see it. Our eyes were closed. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's all whatever it is. It is. He's now a, a reporter, I think a sideline reporter for, uh, for the Portland Timbers. So I should probably be nicer to him. I'll probably run into him eventually, but anyway. have him on your podcast. Yeah, sure. He'd love to, after I called him a dirty player, I'll make sure I say that. Hey, Nat Borchers, you're a dirty player. Welcome to the podcast. All right. Uh, anyway, the LA galaxy going back and, and playing against FC Dallas. This game was, uh, if you watched, it, it was actually a very entertaining game. FC Dallas was up one, nothing, uh, and ended up losing two to one. Philadelphia played very well in the second half. Uh, David Akam is their great player there. Uh, three goals, two assists. Three goals, two assists. Yeah, three goals, two assists for him. Uh, you have Alejandro uh, Bedoya is in there as well. He is, he's been really good and was really good in this particular game as well. Uh, Fabian is a really good player on this. So their, their midfield is very good. They've been sort of playing in this 4-4-2 with a diamond in the middle. Um, so that's something to see. The LA Galaxy should be able to outnumber them um, in the midfield with their five that they technically group in that midfield. So you're looking at the three in the triangle and the two wingers. Um, so the Galaxy should be able to control the midfield, but these are good players, and Philadelphia's already won on the road. Um, so this isn't something where, like, oh, they don't know how to win. They're 1-1-1 one, one, and one on the road so far. You know, I, if I'm the union, obviously you worry about Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He's number one, should be. Who else do you worry about on the Galaxy as far as, as, far as putting the ball in the back of the net? Uh, that continues to be uh, it, an, an issue. It has been, but it also isn't because why? So it's Laton. I mean, but you, and I know you're saying besides, you don't have to be besides. It doesn't matter um, because it's Laton. You just this is hysterical. People actually argue that oh, the Galaxy play through Zlatan too much. Listen, no, nothing, they don't. There's nothing wrong there's, with that. There's nothing. Feed the guy. Feed the guy the ball and let him score goals. That's what he does. Um, you know, and then Dan Steris comes on the back post and sneaks in another header, header goal. There's ways. Was that an easy goal for was, Dan was, or what? It was, it was easy, and, and Zlatan picked him out. Who who put the Zlatan? Don't be afraid to play through Zlatan. I know people think the Galaxy are passing up shots in order to get passes to Zlatan sometimes. I would say the higher um, chance you have of scoring is to send the ball to Zlatan than it He's is an to underrated take passer. We've said it before. He's an underrated passer. He's very good with his feet. Um, he can find people. The cross was perfect to stare as he picked him out at the back post at the right time. That's all the stuff. Here's the thing. Philadelphia is a good team. They can be quick. I think the Galaxy can qu are, are just as quick. Uh, Andre Blake in goal has only had to make six saves so far this so season. So he's been reading books back there. He, yeah. He's, he's 14 shots saved. Or, excuse me. 14 shots faced, six saves. All right, 16 saves so far for David Bingham on 22 shots faced. So there is a difference. The Galaxy are giving up more shots through five games versus six games. Again, the lower numbers are coming from the six-game side. And the Bingham has made some big saves, too, along the way. He made four saves last week, I think, against Vancouver. Four or five. I At think least it five. It was five, five. Okay. yeah. Um, but they only got one shot off in the second half. Again, I talked about it on Monday. The, the second half adjustments from the LA Galaxy have been spot on. 
so far. So you really want to continue to see. Hopefully the first half gets a little bit better because there's been some shaky first halves. Uh, but I think the LA Galaxy are looking at a, a pretty healthy lineup. Um, I think that they're looking at a game that they should win. Remember, they're perfect so far at Dignity Health Sports Park. 3-0-0 so far in three attempts. And again, won three games in a row. And there was a time not too long ago when they couldn't win a game at home. Couldn't win a game Couldn't win a game about, on the road. About, about two, three years ago, was that something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. And on the road, sure. Yeah, oh, boy. Yeah, the LA Galaxy uh, will face off against Philadelphia on Saturday. Then we have another Friday game coming up, which means a Wednesday night podcast. So pay attention for that next week. But Friday, April 19th, the LA Galaxy host the Houston Dynamo. So another home game. Then the LA Galaxy go away on the road. Why this game is on a Wednesday, I hate MLS so much because I really wanted to travel to go to this game. But they will travel away on Wednesday, April 24th. So a quick turnaround on this, a midfield game. Uh, Wednesday, April 24th to take on Minnesota in their brand new Allianz Stadium, I think. I don't think it's Arena because I think Arena is the other one. I can't remember what they're... But it is gorgeous. That will be a tough one. It'll Very be tough. Go- it's gorgeous and... It's. I just wanted to go to see the stadium. It's not turf anymore. It's grass. I mean, there's just so many great things about this, and the stadium just looks amazing. I believe it's on the site of the old Metrodome, too. Is it? I, is it I, I believe Near so. Near that? Okay. Um, so that's that's interesting. So that's that Wednesday game. Then they will go away, or excuse me, back home Sunday against Real Salt Lake. So you're looking at some difficult games. Philadelphia is a difficult game. Houston, while I will call them the pretenders right now, because I think that they are the pretenders in Major League Soccer, um, in in the Western Conference, at least. Uh, they will have to face against Houston, who has been playing well as well. So they, they have Houston. Then they're going to have... Um, then they go away to Minnesota, which is not going to be an easy game, okay? And then they already beat Minnesota once, though, so you you have to think that that is good. They're going to finish the whole series with Minnesota before April they, is done. And they, they, they hung on a little bit at the end, but still, it was a game they dominated, but... It, this, the the final score was much closer than the game actually was. Uh, Real Salt Lake on Sunday, that home game. Then you go into May. Red Bulls away. Columbus away. That is an away trip. That is a Saturday-Wednesday away trip. Um, then they're home to New York City. Then they're home to Colorado. So, again, you can see some of these difficult games. New York Red Bulls away is a difficult game. Columbus away is a difficult game. The leaders in the Eastern Conference right now, Columbus. Uh, you know, New York City at home is going to be a difficult game. Those those games are always difficult. Um, so there are some real tests coming up. The Galaxy, according to... And a limited amount of time, too. Yeah, the Galaxy... The schedule makers do not do them any favors. Well, because they have to take off for the Gold Cup, which is upcoming, right? And so you have all this stuff that's... So they're condensing the schedule into these into these weeks. And remember, the season ends earlier this year as well because they're going to condense all those games into and then play the playoffs before the international break goes in. So all of these things conspire to give the Galaxy a real headache here after Philadelphia and Houston. I think those are the last two quote-unquote easy games they're going to have. And those are both, excuse me, both difficult games. Um, I don't think either of those are that easy. Uh, away to Minnesota is not easy. Home to Real Salt Lake, that game, they don't, those teams don't like each other and they play each other really tough all the time. And that's always a sort of toss-up of what happens. Uh, the Red Bulls away is tough. Columbus away is tough. New York City at home is tough. Uh, Colorado at home should be a cakewalk, except we saw in the preseason Colorado walked all over the LA Galaxy. So... Just, just in case you were, you were paying attention to all that. Um, and it's it's clear right now, at least I'm convinced right now, the Western Conference is the better conference this year, and that has again flipped. Um, because last year I think you would say that the Eastern Conference is, but with Atlanta struggling um, and with you know some of the better teams you would expect, um, you know New York City FC is struggling. Uh, New York Red Bulls actually in ninth in the, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Chicago Fire eighth. 
Montreal Impact 7th, Orlando City 6th, FC, FC Cincinnati 5th, Philadelphia 4th, Toronto 3rd, DC United's playing very well in 2nd, and Columbus Crew, um, they're in 1st. So that's what the Eastern Conference looks like. The Western Conference is a tougher conference. There are, I think, still three unbeaten teams, and they are all in the Western Conference. And the Pretenders Houston that I was mentioning uh, is an unbeaten team right now. Uh, but they've only played four games. Uh, so they're 3-0-1. And I wouldn't exactly, you know, hang my hat on the fact that they're going to have a stellar record. Uh, they technically would be ahead of the LA Galaxy right now by points per game at 2.5 over 2.4. But you have LAFC, who's playing excellent soccer right now. You have Seattle Sounders, who are playing very good, quietly playing very good soccer. I keep trying to watch one of their games, and then I miss it because it's so quiet about it. Like, it's not just this big deal right now. They're winning games. 4-0-1 uh, through their first five games. Um, the LA Galaxy, 4-1-0, uh, and 0, um, playing very well with 12 points. Again, fourth in the supporter shield for the LA Galaxy right now. Uh, it goes Houston Dynamo in fourth, FC Dallas in fifth, Minnesota in sixth. Sporting is the underachieving team that should be in the top three in the Western Conference. They're finishing up with CCL tonight, I believe. Um, so you would expect that they start to rise back in those standings and, and head up there. This is really shaping up as quite a playoff race, even though it's early in the season. This could be wild and woolly, to say the least. 24 teams, 14 teams make the playoffs. So you have to imagine that's easy but I'll, I'll tell you this that with one win after just looking horrible for the first four games the san jose earthquakes went from worst in major league soccer to ninth in the western conference with one win well done uh, well done earthquakes yeah. nice job uh the colorado rapids are not a good team but right they now. still stink uh the vancouver whitecaps are not a good team right now in fact if you look most of the wins the la galaxy have had come over not good teams right now portland vancouver um, let's see. Who else have they beat? Minnesota. The Loons, yeah. Yeah, Minnesota was a, was a better team, though. They're in sixth in the Western Conference. That actually helps the LA Galaxy in terms of their opponent ranking and, and, and how it goes. But um, the one team that is good in the Western Conference that they played um, that we imagine will continue to be good is FC Dallas. Um, and FC Dallas beat them 2 to nothing. Granted, granted that the LA Galaxy didn't understand how to play without Zlatan during that game, but figured it out in the next game against And they Minnesota. have a history of not doing, not doing well in Dallas, yeah, too. Yeah, weird things happen in yeah. Dallas. That's the bottom line, is, is how it goes. All right, so uh, the lineup that I'm expecting, at least, Larry, for the LA Galaxy seems that it's going to be fairly standard, and that includes Dan Starris without Giancarlo Gonzalez being eligible to play in this game. Uh, I think you're going to see Dan Starris back there in center back. I think you're going to see Polenta, who's going to starting and apparently good to go. So then you have Shelvick on the left, Felcher on the right, David Bingham in goal. Other than that, nothing else is going to change. You're going to see, uh, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos, Joe Corona, Sebastian Legette in that triangle in the center. You're going to see Uriel Antuna on the left. You're going to see Roman Alessandrini on the right. And then you're going to see Zlatan Ibrahimovic up top. Same cast of faces, which isn't bad. It's good to be able to repeat and what's, these what's lineups. what's nice is that the team is fairly healthy right now. Uh, the only person... Which is a nice luxury for uh, Skloda. The only person is... is Kitchen. Perry Kitchen, who I, happened, who I happened to run into Tuesday. I was down there talking to Dan Steris. For a story I can't write now because <laughs> he's probably going to lose his starting spot after this weekend. But uh, who should walk up to me and say hi was Perry Kitchen and ask him for an update on his injury, which happened about six weeks ago, suffered in training when they had to cart him off and it was serious. And he told me uh, tendon damage and uh, a chip bone in his right ankle. Yeah. And he says he's at least a couple weeks away, just started to run not, and putting a little bit of weight on it. But uh he, he was in good spirits. I was kind of surprised. Uh, he's a little frustrated, obviously, but he's doing his best to, quote, support the team, unquote. Now, whether or not he's going to be playing much when he gets healthy, uh, I would seriously doubt it. Yeah. It's two bags. He's a real nice guy and a good player. Yeah, I, or, I, I, and, I think he's a decent player. And a good teammate. 
I think he would do good in the midfield that's currently there um, without setup. I think that he he could play that position. It's just uh, he's he's coming off the bench. He will replace Carrasco on the bench, and Carrasco will not be in the in the eighteen from all that I can tell. Um, so that's that sort of seems how it is. Right. If you want to see either one of those guys, wait for the Open Cup matches. Chat room is saying, um, "Hey, why don't you put Romney on the left? Because Shelvick has been horrible." And I would say, "You're out of your mind." And I told you, "You're out of your mind." Last year, I told you that Dominic Kinnear could do things that nobody else could do because he wasn't a long-term coach. When you're a long-term coach, you play the guy who's making a million dollars. That's how it works. Um, and yeah, you could say, well, that's, you know, Ke- I think Kevin would argue it doesn't matter how much the player makes the salary's the same to the team, regardless of if he plays or not, you already made the deal. So why not start the guy who's there? It's just, it's not happening. As um, much as I like Dave, I would play Shelvick as well. I, I would start Shelvick right now. I actually think, but, he's I, would, looked, but I would keep Romney on the bench cause he could play anywhere. That and that you're, we're in agreement. Um, and, and Romney's versatility has hurt him in a lot of cases. Um, and it continues because he's not particularly good at any one spot. He's just solid at three. You know, he can play either center back position and left back. Um, he's not a great left back and he'll tell you he's right. He'd rather be a center back, but, um, that's sort of where the LA galaxy sit. And that's how I expect them to line up. Uh, and Dave, if, if you're listening, we're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You blame Larry. I I'm, I don't take any of these hits anymore. That's not blames my, not me, my job. but Josh agrees. Yeah, I, absolutely. Um, so anyway, so that's sort of where we sit with the LA Galaxy uh, headed into the Philadelphia Union. Uh, a busy schedule coming up. So uh, this is going to be an important game for the Galaxy to win again to keep pace in the Western Conference. Nobody's losing at the top of the Western Conference, so you have to win every home game that you have, and you have to keep picking up points where you can. Uh, eventually somebody's going to slip up and you want to be in a position to capture those points when somebody slips up and Philadelphia is a winnable game. Again, we get into the LA Galaxy coming in and saying the Galaxy are favorites in this game and they should be. Um, could this be a game that gives the Galaxy's first draw? I could see a draw on this game. I could see a 1-1 tie, sure. It makes sense to me that it could. I could also see the Galaxy hanging five on Philadelphia because you have Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, again, we, we joke around. Would you be surprised if Zlatan scored three goals, Larry? No, no, not at all. Would you be surprised if Zlatan scored four goals? No. Would you be surprised if Zlatan scored five goals? Yes. Five starts to, starts to go. Although what he says he can do, he usually does. I, I was, I was, he, he talks to talk and he walks to walk, and there's no doubting him. Usually, but he says it with his tongue planted firmly in cheek. I, I was going to say, usually I get to six goals, and then I'm like, okay, come on. Not even Zlatan mm-hmm. scores six goals. I, I, he could. I could see it happening. But um, at the same time, that's where it gets a little bit. All right, uh, Larry. Anything else that we're missing? I think we covered a I, whole bunch. You know, I just had, I just, I just had had, had one question. It, it just seems that is the scene is the season seem to be moving at a snail's pace. It seems like it's been going on about four months, and they've only played what five, five games? Five games. Yeah, there is some it's, of that, and I think it's gone slowly because there's been so much going on around this team. And so much for me to write about and you to talk about. I mean, but it seems it's, I mean, let's pick it up, guys. It was, it was a frenetic pace right before preseason. So I sort of feel like maybe we just have settling into the rhythm of the year that as usually be. happens. And it just, it's a little different because we were writing stories like every day during the off season about stuff. Um, so we're, I feel like it's settling. I don't mind the writing, but geez, let's, let's, let's have an easy week here. I mean, I'm, come I'm, on. I'm glad once again, as I always am when there's a home game, I'm glad that this weekend I get to go to a live soccer game and I get to watch it and I get to write about it and I get to report about it. And on Monday I get to talk about it. It's there's, there's nothing about that that, that makes me upset. There's nothing 
something about that that is bad, I get to do this. Like, and we don't have to pay for parking. And we don't have to pay for parking. See, you just there's we don't have to pay to get in, Larry. True. We get to watch. True. Why they why they let us soccer. in? I do not know. You, because, because we really work hard. That's why we do. But at the we same do. time, maybe they shouldn't. Um, sometimes, sometimes I, I question their their uh, their ability to to credential both of us as well. So anyway, we're gonna be there at the game. If you want to come down and see us. Um, you're more than welcome to. You can meet us at the top of section 108, um, the bottom of the press box steps. At I'm not walking time. back up those steps. He'll take the elevator. It's fine. There's I'll no take elevator. the elevator. I'm old. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I'll be there. I th- if Larry wants to come down, he can come down as well. Um, so I can see everybody. I love, there's a group of us that meet there almost every halftime and we talk about the game and I find out what you guys are thinking and I try to give you any information that I have about the game and how it's going to play out. And usually I'm wrong. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, you get to go there and say, Hey, Josh told me stuff that was completely wrong and it was really interesting. Um, and one last thing, yeah. Eric, thank you for letting me try to fill in your chair. Yeah, I know. Well, I appreciate it. I've been talking with Eric and I think as soon as school is out, um, Eric may be here on a regular basis for the summer. So he's going to be rolling, rolling for a That's little good. bit. All right. So, uh, we'll see that a big shout out, by the way, we didn't get our shout outs in uh, a big shout out to, uh, to Delmi. Um, to Kevin and to John Rojas, all of which who are at training today with you, Mr. Larry Morgan. Um, there was a lot of media there, a lot of Hispanic media. Yeah. But a lot. That was as big a press turnout as I've seen in a long time. Giancarlo Gonzalez is no is no joke. You would expect that there's lots of things. Anyway, uh, just a, a shout out to all of them, all feeding me information and talking about the galaxy on a regular basis, and I appreciate that because it's, it's fun for me to do. And uh, I get different insights from different people, so that always works. All right. Uh, Larry, is there anything else? Uh, no, you, sir. You, you're good. I'm good. You're good. You don't want to talk about anything else? No, sir. All right. I, I remind everybody that if you can, go to cornerofthegalaxy.com, click on the shop button. Uh, you can find our stickers, our scarves, our buttons. Um, all that stuff is right there, and they ship out pretty fast as long as I'm in town. If I'm out of town, you have to wait till I get back. But uh, most of the time, those go out. Also, head on, uh, if you click on the shop button, you also find oh, our t-shirts. Although, it, although, if you're out of town and you happen to live close by, he might take them to you. That, I could do that. Yeah, I, I, w- I would I would be that guy. I would I would throw it in the suitcase, and if I'm like traveling there, I'll be like, "Hey, here's your scarf. Good times. I'll have a beer with somebody." It's not I'm, I'm not opposed to that. I I generally think people don't try to murder me, so I'm you know I I go with that. Although they do try to avoid you sometimes. Yes, yes, but on the murder scale, I'm always like, "Hey, is this I, person going to murder I, I, me?" And I'm like, "I would rather no. have them avoid you than murder you." Yeah, yes. That- I agree. I, I agree 100% with that statement. Uh, but anyway, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com, click the shop button. You can also find our t-shirts. Uh, if you're watching our YouTube channel, I'm wearing the 2019 version of the shirt in the wonderful pink, um, which I think I look pretty good in. It actually makes me look tan for as white as I am, so that's always nice. Um, so so definitely check it out uh, if you can. And again, those are open all the time. All those t-shirts that you see are there. You can order them at any time. Uh, the most you'd have to wait is usually two weeks for the campaign to close, and then it would print, and then you'll get your shirt. So just understand that that the more we get in at one time, the more we'll ship at one time. So if you want to go in and order a couple different ones, you can. Uh, some of those ones just re-triggered actually yesterday. So go check those out and you can get in on it. The two weeks is already counting, so you won't have to wait very long. I think the 2019 and the 2018 logo shirts both kicked off again. Nice. So uh, something to uh, to definitely take a look at. All right. Uh, you good, Larry? We're yes, good? sir. Thank you, Josh. All right. Just wanted to check. Appreciate right. it as always. If you're looking for uh, Mr. Larry Morgan on Twitter, you're not going to find him. He's not on Twitter. That's how that works. That's why Larry Morgan not on Twitter. It doesn't work that way. But if you want to send anything to me, you can. Corner of the galaxy at gmail.com. And Larry, of course, will uh, we'll get back to you. I'll send it to him. I'll text it to him. He's good at texting and we just don't let him on Twitter. It's fine. It's good to go. All right. You're looking for me on Twitter at jgesman. J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, of course, at Galaxy Podcasts. And if you're looking uh, to head on over to the website, cornerofthegalaxy.com is where you can find us. Our shows, our merchandise, our articles, all right there, 
thecornerofthegalaxy.com. I want to thank Kent for sitting in and observing this. It was great to have him here. So uh, he's doing, uh, he was doing great. If you heard him laughing, Larry got him a couple of times. So Larry's going to be like just juiced up all night from all of that. Uh, respect and admiration he got. It's, it's way too much for his head. But anyway, that's how it goes. Uh, I think that's about it. We'll see you at the game on Saturday. So, Mr. Larry Morgan on Twitter, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.